Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Okay, bye, bye, bye. Hello, and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. Thank you so much for being here on another weekly episode. This is episode number two. I also really want to express my gratitude and thank you all for the beautiful feedback from last week, episode number one. It's been a dream of mine to launch this podcast, and I feel super grateful that you're listening and that you're here. So today we have a very special guest. It is my husband, mon chéri, mi amorcito, my love, Raul Sanchez. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, mi amorcito. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I want to tell you a little bit about why I chose my husband to be here with me on the podcast today and the reason is because last week we were sitting on our couch having a conversation about my word of the year and I said to you this would be a perfect podcast episode I know and then I knew I was in trouble so here we are (laughs) yes here we are so we're gonna try to recreate this conversation because I really believe it was a powerful one Um, And if you follow me on social media, you know that my word of the year is intuition. So that's what we're going to get into today. Before we get into all the juiciness of that topic, I'd love it if you could introduce yourself and have people get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Um, I was born and raised in Ecuador, in South America, when I was 19. Me and my family, we all moved to Miami. Um, That's where I went to school. That's where I started my working life as well. Um, I spent 10 years in Miami and around five and a half years ago, I moved to the Bay Area to pursue my MBA. And that's where I met the love of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And around that same time is where I started uh, my company called Eco Experience. This has been quite an interesting journey because more than my my passion. Um, I truly believe it's also one of my callings, one of one of the reasons why I'm here in this time, in this earth. Um, and what we do at Eco Experience, it's um, we connect students with nature. We provide outdoor education. And at the same time, we combine it with a little bit of introspection, mindfulness, um, giving the space for students to connect to that inner voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I always love that you say is that you help students connect with nature and also their inner nature, yeah. which I think is super powerful. Yeah. Um, around nine months ago, because Eco Experience had been my forever side hustle, um, but yeah, around nine months ago, I decided to jump and give it my full time. So it's, it's been pretty Woo-hoo. exciting times. <laughs> very excited, very proud of you for making the big jump. It's not an easy transition. And we'll talk a little bit more about all of that and go into details of how you knew it was your calling and how you followed it. 
Um, before we get there, I'd love for us to talk a little bit about what is intuition. I think uh, I would love to later explain a little bit why it's my word of the year and all of these things, but to get started, what is intuition for you? So I think intuition is this inner knowing, this inner guidance that we all have. Um, and you know, some people may see it as this gut feeling, mm-hmm. this um, immediate kind of knowing that they get when they face any questioning or any circumstance. For me personally, um, and in a more spiritual way, um, I think that we all have this inner force inside of us, inner life force. And I think it's um, around us, uh, in nature, in the food that we eat. And I think that intuition is part of that life force, that inner guidance that help us helps us during this journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I resonate with that a lot. I think uh, for me, yeah, the inner voice, inner guidance, like spirit guide. And also before I ever considered myself spiritual, I really resonated with the gut feeling aspect of it. I think it's something that comes out of the blue. It usually feels like, you know, you're not, it's, it's not necessarily at a time where you're asking for it, but it's just, hey, this is a fact. This is a download. This is information for you. I also think it speaks to you most when, when things are quiet. It's like a little whisper um, as opposed to things that are fearful that can be like really alarming or urgent. Uh, I think intuition is a little bit more subtle and almost understated, more neutral. Uh, I think it's something that it's also been a little bit normalized in our society to not listen to our intuition and to just go, go, go. I think we see that a lot in the workaholic tendencies. I recently heard intuition really goes into the flow of nature, but how more and more a society is opposing nature. If you think of, you know, what mass production is today and electricity obviously allows you to work past daylight, but therefore it's harder for us to go to bed sometimes because we have screens everywhere. So maybe a way that people can help resonate to what intuition is, is also to think about times where you didn't listen to your intuition. Mm. I think there's so many times where you know, you might tell a story and then be like, oh, I knew I should have done that, but I didn't, and then this happened. And a story that we share that makes me think of a time where you didn't listen in that moment to your intuition is uh, our civil wedding day. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I can just give a little context. We uh, got married in, our civil wedding was in June, 2022 uh, in San Francisco. And then we also had a beautiful spiritual ceremony in France this August. Uh, But the story is really about the civil wedding. We were super late. Um, (laughs) I wanted to get my hair done. My sister and I went to get my sister, the one who lives in Canada, came uh, to be a part of this beautiful day. And we had the most horrible experience getting our hair done this lady was like yeah yeah i'll be quick i'll be able to do it it took way too long we were rushing around and so we were super late and what i think a lot of you know is when you're getting married at a civil wedding it's like you have an appointment you have to be there it's like 15 minutes it's it's a quick process and so we were definitely stressed running around 
your parents came all the way from Miami, so it was there was a lot of people around us. It was beautiful and also just a lot of logistics. And then after, it was still considered a little bit of COVID, and so not everybody could be there with us during the ceremony, so we created like a little party afterwards. So we also had that. And so just to paint a picture, we had in our car all of the th- luggage of his parents, my sister, and all of the party things uh, for the party that we were going to right after. And so what happened? (laughs) So, yeah, we were all rushing. Um, (laughs) Thing that you hate. (laughs) Yeah, thing that I hate. I often want to take my time. And it was just, you know, me driving and your sister, my parents, many things happening just in the car, many conversations. If you guys have been to San Francisco, it's very delicate to leave things in the car mm-hmm. um, but we were in such a rush that we just you know left everything in the car and rushed out to be able to make to the to be able to make it to the appointment and as we were getting out of the car I knew that we had to take all of our stuff and and I had this inner scream inside of me saying tell everybody to take their stuff out of the car Um, But it was just such a rush and, you know, my parents were talking to me and um, your sister and you and we had to make it to the appointment and we had, you know, to pay the parking and blah, 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 blah. So I just, you know, decided not to listen. In the end, not only did we not take our things, my sister and I put our purses. So we opened the trunk. So clearly you could see everything that was in there and we put our purses in there. And it's really the area not to leave your things in a car. Like, we know this. We've been living here for, I think, six or seven years. So, yeah. So we go. We get married. It's a beautiful time. We're so happy, so excited. And then we come back, and the back window of our car had been smashed. They had taken all of the purses. So it was kind of like um, we said in in Latin America, cold water shower, because we were super (laughs) excited. And finally, we were, you know, married and our parents were here. It was lovely, all of that. So just, you know, reaching your car and then you have a broken window. It's like, oof, how am I going to continue the rest of the celebration with this? Fast forward, we had an amazing then party celebration. Everything was great. We were safe, which is the most important. I think that that's one example I can give where I really had something inside of me saying and screaming to me to make sure everybody took things out and they didn't listen to it. Yeah, and I think uh, in hindsight, right, if we hadn't been in such a rush, you would have been like, hey, hold on a sec, like, let's find a better parking. Also, if you're getting married in San Francisco, it turns out uh, City Hall has a garage, <laughs> which we didn't know about. That was another thing that we were like, are you kidding me? Um, like a parking garage under it. So, yeah. In the end, as you said, we're safe. Um, unfortunately, my sister did lose quite a bit of things. And so, obviously, that put a yeah downer to the party. They also stole all of our decorations. So, when we got there to the party, we're like, well, at least, you know, we can we have drinks they thank god they couldn't get into the cooler so all of the food and drinks were fine but when we got there we really wanted uh to just at least have a drink and celebrate and then we realized we had no cups (laughs) (laughs) anyways we digress um we ended up getting some cups uh and actually a little angel friend of ours amelia got us these little 
transparent cups because Raul came back with red solo cups. And I was like, there's no way that we're having red solo cups our wedding day. So we digressed a little bit. But now that we've talked about a time where we didn't listen to our intuition, which I think a lot of us can relate to, when was there a time that you clearly listened to your intuition? I think earlier you alluded to eco-experience being your calling and that you are now doing eco-experience full-time. I know it was a huge decision for you. Talk to us through a little bit what that felt like. When did you first hear that it was your calling? What does that mean that it's your calling? And yeah, walk us through a little bit how that all went for you. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a long story. (laughs) (laughs) We have time. Maybe I could start by saying that when um, me and my family moved to Miami, we had to start all over. So immediately, as soon as we, we got there, we had all to work and contribute to the house. And that's the way I, I was able to um, make my way through college. And I feel like during these first years, it was always a go, go, go. You know, we were always like, okay, you got to work, we got to study. And there wasn't any moment to really reflect on the decisions that I was making, you know, the career that I was choosing. And I went into studying finance, international business, because at that moment it was just, this is what makes sense. I think there is a time though, even in that go, 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 that you did listen to your intuition. Because when you guys moved and your family was like, you know, we all have to work, you said, I'm going to study no matter what. I'm also going to study. Yes, I'm going to work and contribute and pay myself to get to college and work through college, but I am going to study. True. True. I guess that's, um, yeah, a big example. And I really didn't know where that came from because we had a massive pressure to just work and contribute Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a couple of years, I started my career in banking. And after three years of banking, I was really hating what I was doing. Nothing wrong with the industry. It's just it wasn't for me. Mm. Um, And I was pretty good at it. Um, My parents were extremely proud of me looking at how I would dress in a suit every day (laughs) (laughs) and talk with important people. But I was extremely unsatisfied. And I think that was one of the first moments where I was really questioning the decisions that I had made and why I had chosen to follow that path of, you know, finance, international business, banking. And, And I remember back then that I would remember when I was in high school that I knew that I wanted to study tourism. Mm. And I didn't know where that knowing came from. I just knew. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's also another example where I was like so young and I still knew that I wanted to study tourism. Of course, I didn't listen to that. I went for finance, international business. So after being unhappy with what I had chosen in terms of career and work, I decided to just leave everything behind, take all of my savings, a backpack and do some soul searching. I went to India, lived there for four months. It was the most life-changing experiences experience I've ever had. And talking about listening to my intuition, you know, why India? I was still living with my parents. My parents were like, there's no way that this is going to happen. I mean, you cannot just leave everything behind and go to India for four months. Um, what's going to happen with your career and all of that? And I was so certain that that was what I wanted to do. My parents were extremely disappointed. They were mad. 
Um, we had so many conversations where they try to persuade me not to go, but I just knew that I had to go. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I feel like this decision was also an accumulation of other hints that I had given before. When I was in high school, I remember also we had this amazing teacher um, and she will tell us about the culture in India and the traditions, the religion. And I remember I would write on my journal, like, remember someday to go to India. (laughs) During college, I also had a class where we were talking about India and just culture and the people. And I remember I I wrote again, remember, go to India. So it just, you know, all of that came together into that decision. And I did uh, did volunteer work there, worked for kids. And this decision that seemed very, you know, I'm just going to travel for four months and... You know, for my parents, it seemed like he's just wasting his time for four months. It really made the path for what I'm doing. I was working with kids. I was volunteering. And and I think that that's where Mm. I truly connected with that passion of working with younger generations, um, working in education. But it was still not clear. Like, I knew that I Mm -hmm. wanted to work with kids, work with work in education, but it wasn't clear in what way. So one of these, you know, during this time, I also decided to, when I came back, go to the Amazon rainforest. In your home country, in Ecuador, Ecuador. and you had never been before, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, which was crazy that I had never been before, uh, being from Ecuador. I was, it was another life-changing moment for me. I was so passionate about the forest. I was so immersed in nature, and I found that it was the perfect place for me to really connect with myself, to really... Mm listen to that inner voice, to that intuition. I will, I will come back after hikes and I just would have so many ideas. I would be so inspired. I would feel so energized. <laughs> and then something just clicked on me and knew that what I wanted to do is combine both, combined outdoor education, connection with nature, um, education with for kids. So that's what Eco Experience is all about. We bring kids into nature. And it's also so interesting how everything falls into place because, you know, nowadays we live mainly through screens. We wake up, we're in our phones, uh, we work through computers, and more and more we forget that there's another world outside. You know, we forget how the breeze of the air feels, you know, the smell of the plants, the, um, how the rain feels in our, in our skin. Just bringing kids into nature and, and having them experience the outdoors, it just opens so many possibilities for them into, okay, I I know that I could, you know, be the whole day in school working in a screen, but I know that I have a release also in nature. For us, that's just the reason why we do it. We're so passionate about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. And it's actually, I never thought about it until now, but you're helping kids also connect with their intuition. Hmm. I think we've talked, you know, you and I about how much nature helps us listen to our intuition. The Amazon rainforest is also a place that whispered so many things for me. And I think, yeah, this is something that you're really giving a different opportunity for kids. They're out in nature and the idea is to question everything and to kind of understand everything. So that's a... A beautiful um, realization I just had. <laughs> so, all right, you listen to your intuition, you go travel to India, you listen to your intuition again, you find yourself in the depth of the Amazon rainforest, the idea for eco-experience comes and materializes a little bit more, then what happens? So I still didn't know how to go about all of this, right? How to execute on this idea that I had. 
But during these travels, I was able to meet people that were very happy to support me and very happy to join into this adventure, into this, you know, back then, just a dream. So, which is also interesting, I feel like, um, you know, Joseph Campbell is the one that says that once you enter into into that cave that you fear, you, you'll find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me was very fearful to go into that introspective moment where I was questioning everything that I had done, right? And, that, and the decisions that I had uh, chosen. But at the same time, it brought me so much more, not only in terms of me discovering what really, um, what really inspires me, but also in meeting people that feel the same way. So came back to Miami, um, still trying to decide how to execute on this. I figured that I could use some more education on how to start a business, and I decided to do an MBA in San Francisco. And little did I know that it was gonna you know, change my life in so many ways, starting with meeting the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> of course, after the MBA, um, you spend a full year just studying, and I had this amazing idea, very passionate about it, but it was still far from being able to provide for me. So I had to find a job, which I did. I worked in tech for five years. Also had a very successful career there. Um, I grew up in a company very fast. I was lucky that it was a company that was also growing extremely fast. Mm-hmm. But it also came a moment where I had to make a decision and it was either I'm gonna follow this path and stay in this organization, which would have been a very good decision, a, a very de- a decision that will make sense, <laughs> <laughs> especially in the moment that we were living because we were about to get married and kind of settle down. Or I could um, use this opportunity that this could be the moment that I could also just make the jump and make eco experience my full time. And just going back to the topic of intuition, I think that you know eco experience when the idea of eco experience came, you know it was over six years ago. And every year that it passes, I'm more and more passionate about it. So it hasn't changed. I know that it's the right path. And I know it just because I know it, but I also know it because it just hasn't hasn't changed. It has stayed constant in that mm-hmm. way. Now that I'm doing it full time, it's just wonderful. I feel that I am so aligned inside of me and outside. You know, before it was always the hustle of okay, I'm gonna wake up six in the morning, work for, for three hours on eco experience, then my mind will have to switch to work for something else on a nine to five, nine to six, and then come back um, from six to eight, nine, 10, whatever. And now being able to give it my full time, my full attention, my full creativity, it has been just wonderful. And again, I mean, I feel that I'm just meeting amazing people that are also very passionate about this. And it just feels that things even though it is hard and you know it's still starting a business it's still pushing for uh, the numbers the clients all of that and also at the same time pushing for the vision and and the experience of the kids to be what we wanted with all of that it just feels that the universe or things are aligning to making this happen mm-hmm. um, and that's just a, a wonderful feeling <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure As I was hearing you speak and remembering a little bit also about your journey, I think there's this concept that I've heard, uh, which is rejection as redirection. And I think there is a few times where maybe when we're not listening to our intuition, rejection happens and helps us redirect. 
One of the big things that I'm thinking of is COVID, the pandemic, for mm-hmm. eco experience specifically. And really as a beautiful redirection, because before, before the pandemic, as you were doing this on the side, we kind of changed the focus, which your original desire was working with kids, right? And then it got into taking adults uh, into the Amazon rainforest and doing these trips and more like yoga retreats and things like that, which we had a few trips planned for the pandemic and then everything stopped because obviously COVID and no travel was happening. And that gave you the time to tune back in and to actually remember what it is that you really wanted to create. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because of course, I mean, COVID really changed the plans of so many so many people, so many businesses. But it's really something that happened to us, right? It's not something that, there was nothing that we could do Mm -hmm. about it other than acknowledge it and then question how do we want to react towards this? Who do we want to be in this moment? And I think that what you're saying is true. You know, with Eco Experience, we had worked uh, mainly with- Young professionals. Young professionals. We were working with them and we were doing trips back to the Amazon rainforest, which were amazing. And we had such powerful experiences there. But once COVID hit, it was the perfect time for, for me to re, re-question and rethink how do we want to, you know, how do we want to go about this? How do I see mm-hmm. experience in the future? How can we adapt? Yeah, we decided to, to pivot, make it now more about working with the younger generations. And it was, it was a blessing. For sure. I'm going to put you on the spot and (laughs) I can delete this after if you don't want me to add it on here. But I think another place where rejection helps you as a redirection is you were growing in Odoo and there was a potential job opportunity that you thought you were going to get. And that job opportunity, had you gotten it, would have meant way more hours, way more intensity, bigger team, and less time to focus on eco-experience. Yeah, I think that that's kind of another example of, you know, there, there are things that we just cannot control. And I had been working so hard to get that promotion. And I was so sure I was going to get it. And then I didn't. And at the beginning, it was hard. Then I, I knew that it was a blessing. I knew that it was the opportunity for me to really focus on what I really want to do, really mm-hmm. pursue finally that calling that I've been having. Thank you for being vulnerable with us <laughs> <laughs> and allowing me to put you on the spot. Intuition can really speak to us in different ways, right? So we talked about that inner voice, that whisper, and also that rejection as a redirection. I think if we're not listening, then there's just going to be signs everywhere to help us remember. Something that recently came out for me in therapy is about how living by your intuition means accepting whatever outcome and conclusion. I really, really, really connected with this because one of the ways that I personally listen to my intuition, and it's actually funny because, I mean, you and I last year had probably one of the biggest years ever, (laughs) Um, in that we obviously got married, but we also both made huge career jumps. So I co-founded a company with two amazing co-founders and a beautiful team uh, called Atlas Go. And I had for a while been feeling like there was something else, right? And it's funny because earlier you talked about when you were a kid knowing that you wanted to study tourism. And I remember at 11 years old telling my brother on a train, I don't know where we were going, I should ask him, And I told him, I want to be a psychologist. And then eventually I realized that 
to be able to study psychology, I needed to be really good at math, thing that I was not very good at math. But the funny thing is also back then, psychology was the only kind of job that I knew could help people, right? Again, with that redirection, I was 11 years old. So many different things happened between that time and where I am now. One though, that was a huge, huge, yeah, the one of the biggest ways that I listened to my intuition and also where it got so difficult to see the difference between listening to your intuition and the emotional attachment you may have, the rationalization that your mind does. Like I battled, as you know, so much with this decision of eventually transitioning out of Atlas Go for so many different reasons. It was my baby. I started it with two friends. You know, there was the loyalty aspect. I didn't want to let anybody down. We had an amazing team. There were so many different things that were happening. And there was so many different ways that my body was speaking to me, that my intuition was speaking to me, one of which through my body. In Taoism, they talk about the fact that your body is a servant to your mind and your mind is a servant to your spirit. So basically saying you'll first hear the whispers through your spirit and then through your mind if you're not listening to your spirit. So your mind might be through anxiety or worry. And then eventually, if you're not listening to your mind, then it's going to show you pain in your body. And it's interesting because I went through a huge period of having anxiety. You were there in those times where, yeah, I would just be totally taken aback by it and not be able to function and like during the middle of the workday do tapping or whatever kind of tool would help me get through that or we would go on a walk or I would talk to you about it and you would help me talk out of it and then eventually it came into my body I had you know a physical burnout I had these crazy bloating and indigestion happening I talked a little bit about this in the last podcast but what's interesting also with this um, idea in Taoism is that then your body needs to eventually catch up to your mind and your mind needs to eventually catch up to your spirit. And I feel like I am in that process still where my spirit and my mind are pretty caught up, but my body hasn't yet. (laughs) (laughs) Totally caught up. But going back to that idea of when you really listen to your intuition, it means accepting whatever outcome and conclusion. I connected so much with that because as hard as the decision was for so many reasons, also because yeah, it's just, it's a business I care a lot about. It's an idea we brought to flourishing. I want it to be successful. And I was no longer the right person to make it successful in that moment with my inner desires of, you know, I explored a lot of different things. We talked about the Amazon rainforest. That's the place where I first was like, I want to be a yoga teacher. Our very first trip that we did together. One of your amazing friends, Juanse, who's now passed away, was asking like, hey, I kind of want to do yoga. Like, can you show me some poses? And then I kind of led him through some poses and I was like, oh my God, there's something there. And we came back and a week later I was signed up in yoga teacher training. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many different things that happened throughout, but it was a really hard decision to make when it was the time to make it. And going back to nature, we lived in this beautiful place in Sausalito near trails and I literally went on those trails every single day and I would just sit and ask like what am I supposed to do what am I supposed to do and I would cry and I would be (laughs) you know feel so desperate I would call friends I would call family my dad is a huge part of Atlas Go because he's you know helped us build it and so that was another whole emotional component for me as having my dad be a part of it and just being a supportive father there are so many different angles and the one thing 
that I know to be true is that whenever I was calm, like whenever it was after meditation practice or after yoga or first thing waking up in the morning, there was that voice that would just be like, you know what you have to do. And often I would pick a card like, or I have these Oracle cards and I would pick it and it would reconfirm that. And then I would still talk myself out of it. I would like, we, we used to have conversations yeah. and be like, no, but you know, like every day is amazing. The team is amazing. There are so many cool things. There's so much to do still. Like it was, yeah, again, a really difficult decision. And I really connect with that, that thought of accepting whatever the outcome is, because you know, you followed your intuition and you are now doing eco-experience full-time. You have no idea what the outcome and the conclusion is, right? You don't know what's going to happen at the end. I think we never know what's going to happen at the end. It's such an adventure. <laughs> yeah. And you're able to live guided by your intuition today, listening to it, feeling proud and excited about what you're doing in the same way that I know that it was the right decision and I can be supportive to the team as much as I can from the outside and also know that whatever happens, it's okay and it was the right decision for me and for the business to take in that time. So that was for you know one of the really big decisions that my intuition helped um, guide me. I think another time is I was uh, receiving a Reiki session from Cindy, our amazing healer. She's also the one who married us in France. It was beautiful and during that Reiki session, I guess this was maybe more of a spiritual way that my intuition spoke to me, my hands started completely burning and I got these visualizations of the same thing that was happening. So me lying down and, or sorry, a woman lying down and a woman giving Reiki to the other. And I couldn't tell if I was giving the Reiki or if I was receiving the Reiki. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling her that after and she's like, yeah, it's the energy calling you. Like, you know, by the way, I don't talk about this, but I'm also a Reiki teacher. And if you ever mm -hmm. want to certify, I can certify you, which led me to yeah. doing that. And it was a beautiful experience. I think it's so interesting because, you know, there's there's way in which the intuition can speak to you through these more mystic or spiritual ways, right? Like the, the experience you just gave. Mm -hmm. But I think, for example, that you're so also intuitive in the kitchen, you know, while cooking. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just ideas just come to you and, and and i feel like often we also talk about our differences where you get an idea or an intuition and you just act on it quite fast whereas i'm more of the person that takes its time mm -hmm. <laughs> and sits with that idea more but i totally see when you're in the kitchen you're in this like flow of just mixing stuff and adding things and <laughs> you know everything comes out delicious and just the way that you had that you had imagined it, I guess, or, or the way that you had um, envisioned it. And then when I ask you what what you put or how much, you sometimes don't even know. <laughs> it's just like an automatic feeling or knowing that you get throughout the process of cooking. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's funny. I think this is really something I learned from my mom and my grandma. Just this like, I think watching people also listen to their intuition helps you connect to yours. You know, I remember wanting to cook things with my mom and I would be like, so how much of this did you put? And she would be like, I don't know, just a little bit. Or like you would ask my grandma like, okay, I'm going to pour the flour in. And she'd be like, okay, let me watch you. And then she'd be like, la la la, as a way to like tell you stop. <laughs> like that's enough. So yeah. 
I think a small other way in which that happened to us recently is to find this house or this apartment that we now live in. So we have, we're between the one where we live now. Um, we live in Marin County, um, a little bit further than Sausalito. And there was this other place in San Rafael that we loved. It was perfect. It was beautiful. And I kept waking up. And the first thing that I would think about is like, no, this is just not our place. It's not our place. And I would, I guess it was intuition in terms of what not to do. And yeah, and it was a simple knowing. And often I think this is another thing that I've talked about in therapy is that our intuition comes through to us when we're in a state of between being conscious and unconscious. And so it's really interesting to tap into our dreams or tap into the first thoughts really fresh out of bed or sleep. That's just where, when that inner knowing comes. I think that it's also, you know, when we talk about these conscious and unconscious moments between when you're just waking up or when you're going to go to bed, I think these are also times where we are probably away from social media, away mm. from outside stimulus that makes us think other stuff. You know, um, we, as you know, we, um, as we are, as we live in a world that is so connected and where technology is so close to us. Yes, we control that we open the app, right? But we not always control what we see mm-hmm. on the app, mm-hmm. and the input that we get from the outside, of course, influences um, our thoughts in some way, right? So I think that sometimes it's hard to listen to that intuition yeah. when there's so many things going on in your head. Yeah, I think it's that saying of how can you hear what's happening inside if you're always listening to something outside, Yeah. right? I think, and I get caught in these. And I remember when I was living in London as a 20-something-year-old, I was con- constantly listening to a podcast, watching a show. Like there was never a time that I didn't have outside stimulus. And even until recently, I would always, while I was cooking, watch something, listen to something. And I think that, yeah, it's, it's a way that you're always consuming and that is easy to not hear what your voice is telling you inside because, as you're saying, there's just too much stimulus going on on the outside. Yeah. So going back to intuition i think that it's also important to be very conscious about what we put in our head mm-hmm. <laughs> what we see what we watch um, who do we follow yeah i 100 percent agree i want to give one more example of when i followed my intuition mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that was in choosing you <laughs> this has been I don't know, you see a lot out there about love and meeting the love of your life. And I completely had this intuition of after that first night that we talked forever, coming home to my roommate, hi Annie, (laughs) and telling her, I met my husband, I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry this man. And then on the flip side of that, you had a different intuition. Yeah. <laughs> it, it turned out to be a happy story. <laughs> My intuition was telling me to slow down, to take it easy, to don't rush into things. And I think that this has been kind of a 
this is the story of our lives. Nayeli <laughs> <laughs> um, ready to ready to make decisions, and I really pushing us to take more time and go slower. And at the end of the day, it's a happy story because we meet each other halfway. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you were ending a relationship, needing to go slow. I was. I mean, it also came at a time where I really wasn't expecting it because we met at the launch party of my business. I was like 100% eyes only for Atlas Go. Yeah, it was not a time that I ever expected it either, but it was a very true, yeah, like this is it. And then it took us, you know, like every relationship, our time to find our groove. And yeah, it's still something that, as you're saying, me wanting to go fast, you wanting to go slow. Um, we experienced this just at the beginning of record- <laughs> recording this podcast where I was like, okay, let's go, let's go. And he wanted to look over a little bit more like what it is that we were talking about. So we met halfway and here we are. You guys can tell us how we did. <laughs> um, but you talked a little bit about quieting things, right? Can you talk to us about how someone can practice listening to their intuition or what has helped you act in accordance to your intuition especially when there is so much noise out there i think that one of the things that i practice is uh, meditation so i meditate um, almost every single night and as you sit quiet you're just aware of all of these thoughts that come to your head i often say that it's like if you are in a train station and you're just seeing trains passing by and many trains going into different directions. And if you choose to jump into one of those trains, that train is gonna take you to X, Y, Z. And then there's another train that's gonna take you to whatever other place. And it's just one train connects to another and to another, to another. And so a thought brings another and another and all of a sudden you are in a place that you never thought you were going to be in your head. So I think that that observation of your thoughts can make you also judge the thoughts and see if there are thoughts that you want to really follow, if there are train if these are trains that you want to jump into or not. And I think that this is a very powerful practice because again, right what we choose and what we do it's first in our head. <laughs> so if we're able to judge the thoughts and be like, this is a thought that it's coming from a place of fear, then I have the, the choice, right? Do I want to act in fear? Um, maybe it is a moment, you know, to run and hide, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe it is a moment of bravery, who knows? So I think that for sure meditation, breathing, <laughs> I think that you also helped me a lot in tuning into my intuition and most recently, right, like we are changing a little bit our diets and trying to eat healthier and and be more energetic and, and all of that. And something that I had never thought about is that when we eat, at least, you know, for myself, I've, I never thought it was always like, okay, you eat what's on your plate. You always just finish what is on your plate. But then maybe I'm full and then I push myself to eat more just because I'm so used to finishing everything that's on my plate. And I think that there's many times where you ask me, ask me to question myself if do I want more food 
is this enough? Do I feel more protein? Do I feel like more veggies? Like, what is it that my body needs? So I would say meditation and you. (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah i but i think the the example of food is actually a really practical one that people can take away you know it's fill up your plate sit down take a few breaths start eating and take your time eat mindfully as much as you can and then see if you're halfway through if you still want to eat the rest of that food i think i've seen myself at a restaurant you know there is so much food and you're like with friends and sharing platters and then you just chat and eat and chat and eat and it's so easy to not connect with wait actually am i hungry like do i want to keep going i think there's also so much there about you know how you how we are brought up what we're told to finish our plate all these different things but as adults i think it's really important to connect to yeah is this something that we want to continue doing or is my body just telling me like, hey, I'm good. I'm personally experiencing so many questions with that, you know, having different issues going on with my bloating and it's been really interesting to work with different experts and recently I saw a talk where she was saying, you know, working with experts was giving my power away and it made me think about myself and how the experience of working with other people and having them tell you, okay, do this protocol, follow it exactly, this is what you need to do, made me disconnect to my intuition. And there's a lot of things that I'm unraveling as a result of that from a health perspective now. Yeah. So, I think it's interesting that you mentioned experts um, because I think that a big part of our journey and a big part of um, us being so... I guess connected to our intuition and so aware of this is that we've had therapy. Um, I've had 10 years of therapy working with an amazing um, psychologist and coach. And I think that having also somebody in that way to help you see when you're not following your intuitions, um, help you see what patterns, what thought are coming from you or just acquired from your culture, your parents, your mm-hmm. upbringing. For sure, a big part of being able to tap into that intuition is maybe having somebody that you can chat with that could tell you or that can point out to you the things that you're not seeing because many of these things, many of these many thoughts are unconscious, right? It happened without us being conscious about them. I mean, the, 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 the most, for me at least, the most gratifying personal development job that I have done has been working with a coach that's able to identify that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think somebody who's so aware to help you tap into your intuition too, mm-hmm. right? I think experts are amazing. And of course, I've learned so much throughout my practice, uh, throughout working with them. And I think the thing that I appreciated the most was when I would be like, hey, I'm experiencing this symptom now, like, what do I do? And that the response back was, well, what do you think? And what do you think you should do? And I think that's something that I'm excited to personally also bring to my clients and sessions and people that come to me because, and this is what I love also about a health coach is that you're, or coaching in general, is that yes, you have expertise in certain things, but you don't have the answers for everybody because each person is so different. And 
you know, they might, two people might come with the exact same symptoms and need a completely different type of protocol or healing to be able to solve their issues. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to start wrapping up. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us. Thank you, mon chéri, for being here and being vulnerable and honest and sharing all the things about you and your intuition. We'll definitely have to have you back and do some more couple conversations. Uh, I put a question up on my Instagram about like, what do you want to hear on this podcast? And a bunch of things came that I think would be interesting next time for us to chat. <laughs> so I guess I want to ask you if there's anything that you want to leave the audience with, anything that you, any last thoughts or ideas, and hopefully you'll also want to come back. Yeah, I'll be happy to come back. <laughs> Yay. If you invite me again. <laughs> <laughs> connect with nature and connect with your inner nature. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Go out for a walk in nature, listen to the birds, feel the wind, smell the, the fragrances, just be out for a bit. And then also try to listen what comes out. What is it that that inner voice is telling you? Hmm. Maybe it doesn't say anything for a moment. Maybe it has a lot of things to say. Who knows? <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. The rem remembering that maybe it doesn't have anything to say because that's also okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That's it for this week. And stick around for the well-being tip of the week. Yeah? It's really good. This week's well-being tip of the week is all about listening to our inner guidance. You heard a lot of things throughout the podcast, but I wanted to leave you with one practical tip. Choose a moment during your day. It can be just five minutes. Make yourself maybe a cup of tea and sip that tea by yourself without any external distraction. Notice what happens. And then maybe you make that a little ritual to just listen to your intuition, your inner guidance every day for five minutes. Maybe eventually you add a little bit more time. But yeah, that's what I wanted to leave you with this week. Let me know if you try this and reach out to me on Instagram with any questions. See you soon.